welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. We are thrilled to have you on board. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? Make sure to keep your head, legs, arms, tails, and or any other appendages, especially ears, inside the podcast at all times. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. (laughs) (laughs) So in summary, people are awful. (laughs) It's it's kind of true. For what it's worth, may not be held liable for any and all potential injuries following your listening. We appreciate your cooperation and wish you a wonderful time listening to our show's Two Fools, Click and Roll. Hi, welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm Click... In a hostile takeover, I am now hosting. <laughs> May God help us all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Why? Why is this happening to me? You know what happens when you get on the show. <laughs> That's why we love you, Rue. <laughs> I turn into Rucifer when you're here. It's terrible. Anyways, I'm Rue. Hi, everybody. And this is good old Click. He's a yoat. Yes. Be sensitive. He's a half breed. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're a mule. Well, yeah. So that's a half breed. The original hybrid, yes. Uh, yeah, but but then you're also a yote, right? Yeah. And what is a coyote? Pure. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Isn't a yote like a pure like a mix? No. Oh. Well, then I'm <laughs> stupid. I learned stuff about nature today. I'll check that off of the list of things that Rue learned. <laughs> no, coyotes are their own thing. <laughs> so, on that note, Rue, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> <laughs> I have been having so much fun putting my friends in VR. It has been awesome to basically put some people into, I don't know, like, you know, people's first experience in VR, the best way is just to throw them right into the exorcist. It is the greatest thing in the whole world. What are you putting friends into <laughs> VR? Basically, I just take the headset, put it on their face and be like, here. Oh. There, you're a, you're a detective. Here, try this out. <laughs> and, um, oh, there's a screaming demon baby that's coming at you. Use your sur- crucifix. Use your crucifix. Hurry. <laughs> So that's been fun. Um, And, of course, we've continued to house hunt, me and my significant other, my fiancé. We have been working together to try to find a home, which in this particular market, you would think that during the coronavirus that it would be super, super easy to find, find a home. But it's not. It's really difficult. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know, investors, man. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Click? I I am part of the Valheim phenomenon. <laughs> this damn game came out of nowhere, and it's great. But what is it? It's a game. Okay, it's a game. <laughs> it, okay, you're you're super, super distri- um, descriptive. No, it, it just came out um it's an early access title um 
It's a it's a survival crafting game, kind of along the lines of Ark, but better. But yeah, it's super early access, but for an early access game, it's very polished and the gameplay's great. It's, I don't know, there's a reason it's, you know, it came out of nowhere. Now it's the top seller on Steam. Wow. Out of, you know, in within a week. So like like bigger than Fall Guys, it's huge. Or or bigger than Among Us. Uh, well, it, as far as sales right now, probably yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's that big, like popularity wise. It, it's it's sold two point five million. <gasps> Hi, boss. <laughs> Just to let you know. Yeah, it's... you're supposed to be back into the sound booth, <laughs> so please shut the door and. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> But yeah, so that's been consuming all of my non-work time. <laughs> Anything else that you've been up to? No, that okay. and work. Work. That <laughs> work in games. That's work in games. Awesome. Well, guess what? I have a cookie for you. A cookie. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, here's the cookie for today, you guys. Do something unusual tomorrow. In bed with a cookie. I don't get this particular fortune. Do something unusual tomorrow. So if you... If you read this fortune again tomorrow, would you ever get to Let me just tomorrow? do something unusual every day. I, I guess. But shouldn't it just say, do something unusual every day? Why, wouldn't, why would you wait till tomorrow? Because you don't read a fortune every day. Welcome to tomorrow. <laughs> we are now back, and we are going to be doing something unusual today. So, apparently, from the the fortune. So, um, if you didn't pause the episode, pause the episode and wait till tomorrow. Um, you'll just <laughs> never get to tomorrow. Anywho, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, who do we have on the show today? What are we doing? Why are we here? Why are we here? <laughs> um, so our guest today is Nacho Husky. Hey, guys. So, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Just a purple and green dog on the internet, I suppose. <laughs> How long have you been a furry? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think six or seven years now. Maybe, maybe a little more. I actually got, I guess, involved in the fandom kind of later in life, and then uh, then jumped jumped in with, uh, with with all four paws, 
<laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> um, when was the last convention that you went to? And we, because of our particular topic that we're going to be discussing, when was your last? What, when was your last virtual con? And when was your last in-person con? Yeah. So uh, my last in-person con went up in FC. Uh, I guess FC 2020. And uh, last virtual con was the the virtual version of FC, which was a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, what are what we're talking about today is we're going to be talking about virtual conventions, um, but not just virtual conventions. We're going to be also dive in a little bit to into uh, just how to keep connected in the virtual space itself. Yeah, um, we're going to also talk a little bit about VR chat um, and but our main reason for bringing you here today is to talk about virtual conventions. So that brings us to our first question. Right. So um, first off, uh, um, I put I put it in our question stinger online, but, you know, leave it to furries. Right. You you have a tragedy like this whole pandemic thing, right? And you can't go out, you can't have conventions, you can't have meetups, you can't get together, you know. So what do we do as furries? We figure out how to do this stuff virtually. I mean, <laughs> talk about innovation. <laughs> I mean, you know, that quilting convention, I don't think that, <laughs> that quilting convention's doing very yeah, well right now. Yeah, right, right. So... um. So, you know, basically what um, uh, I understand you've actually run a virtual con and obviously been to one as an attendee. So what what is a virtual con? Um, yeah, I mean, a virtual con, um, I guess they, they take a few different forms. Um, some of them are kind of like a, a, you know, TV talk show, um, kind of a, a, a one to many. And others are more more interactive. Uh, but it's typically a whole bunch of Zoom um, or other video video conference technology, and a bunch of virtual rooms. And you get together and meet different people and chat, um, attend panels and programming, um, that sort of thing. So, I know that conventions normally have registration. Do you guys, is there normally a registration for a virtual con? Yeah, so typ typically there is. Uh, so we started out doing a con for the baby fur community. We were going to host uh, an in-person convention, and then, of course, COVID uh, came. And uh, back in April, uh, we did our first convention, April 25th, we decided we would do it online. And um, it was me and a few friends, um, Panda and Keiko, and we kind of started brainstorming, like, you know, what what could you do well online and what, how could we, how could we bring the, the con, um, you know, the, the, what physical cons were to the virtual space. So we kind of started making like a list of things that, that kind of make a con. So we figured, you know, it's like seeing all of your friends, old friends, new friends, people you don't necessarily see very frequently. There's um, sort of that energy right? Where you're trying to do a million different things in a weekend and there's that fear of missing out and there's all these panels and events and things going on at once, and room parties. 
And then there's the uh, hanging out just like in the lobby and just kind of randomly wandering the hotel and bumping into friends. And of course, um, you know, dances and panels and programming. And we kind of took all that and said, well, how can we do the same online? And we ended up custom developing a software. But what we did is we linked about 10 um, Zoom rooms, each that hold about 500 people. And we linked them all together and we tied it into an online schedule. And we did a whole bunch of panels um, with just, you know, different content. So we got a whole bunch of people from our community that wanted to talk about different things from, you know, making cocktails to um, fursuiting to, you know, you name it. And uh, yeah, had them had them all give different talks simultaneously. And we made it so attendees could register for an online ticket. Uh, we had a, a, a vetting process and a few things in place there to make sure it was, it was 18 plus and kind of keep everyone safe. But then with your virtual ticket, you could go and jump between the different rooms. And we also had a virtual hangout space where you could just kind of run into people and chat and, you know, maybe have a cocktail or uh, whatever else and meet new friends and all that sort of stuff. So uh, in the end, we ended up having about 400, um, to just over, I think we're about 420 um, participants all on webcam uh, from 15 countries around the world. And, that's, uh, that's, am that's amazing. How, as far as the technical side of things, like what are, like, I mean, what are the expenses behind that? Or what servers did you have to use? Were there ever any crashes or technical difficulties that occurred? Because I, I would think that in running a virtual con, like, honestly, sometimes with the podcast, we could have one little thing that ends up happening and then you can't hear somebody, <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah, it's good having friends from the, that are in tech. Uh, thankfully, there's a lot of furries in tech that I know. Uh, and Keiko and his team, they put about, uh, uh, for the first con, I think they had put about 300 hours of development work into it. Now they're up until about, uh, oh gosh, about a thousand hours. Um, but the, the technology stack um, was kind of interesting. So for the, for, so for the first con, the, we, had the, uh, we had nine simultaneous um, tracks uh, plus 25 breakout rooms um, all within Zoom. And our total cost to put that together was $106.79. And uh, it was kind of cool because we ended up through, through ticket sales, we raised $4,500 from that. And we actually were able to use those funds to form our 501c3 and get um, our organization all set up and form our, our parent org. That's amazing. I mean, that would have taken so much work, so much work. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. And it was, um, we were really worried about safety and security. So what a lot of people do is they'll use something like Zoom where you send out a link. Uh, but the problem with that is if you if you have the same shared link and you have one person accidentally sends it to the wrong place or they share it with people they're not supposed to, or you have one you know troublemaker, suddenly you have to shut the entire convention down. Um, so that's why we we put together this this technology. Um, I think it's I think he's named it. So it's called the Recess Platform. Now that. Uh, it links uh, Zinc, uh, sorry, <laughs> links Zoom to uh, an online ticketing system, 
uh, but it's a it's token based. So it's uh, everyone has individual links to get into the convention. They actually have about 12 individual links. So they get an individual schedule that takes them into the room. So if we have someone um, that causes trouble with one click, we can just deactivate just that single person without disrupting the con. So we really didn't have any major uh, glitches or, or technical problems. Um, we also had a like an army of volunteers, like huge, it takes just as many volunteers to run a virtual event <laughs> as it does a physical event, it seems. So we had a, a tech support channel that people could chat. Um, we had this bot that was developed in, in Telegram. So if you were experiencing any kind of harassment or other issues, you could send a message and it would notify the admins. And we had to have volunteers running each of these virtual rooms and moderating them. So it definitely definitely takes a village to put together these events. Right. Well, and I, I was going to ask about security because, you know, the difference between, um, you know, running everything online versus everything in, in physical space. <laughs> if only security was that easy in real life. <laughs> Just one click and you're gone. Well, that segues perfectly to the next question, which um, what what do you think are the advantage or disadvantages of a virtual con over a physical con? Um, so, I mean, I mean, physical cons are definitely going to be higher up there. They're they're, you know, uh, they're a lot funner of an experience to see all your friends in person and that sort of thing. Unfortunately, we can't really do those right now with with uh, the pandemic. Uh, but there are a few things that online that you can, you know, it works really well for, um, particularly that there's no travel costs. So you can get people from all over the world. I think that was probably the most surprising thing is we weren't expecting to have like people from, you know, 16, 17 countries from all over. Like we had people from Singapore, you know, people from Europe, um, people from Japan. Uh, that was really, really cool. So that's one thing that virtual cons allow for is, um, yeah, no, no travel. Um, the other thing is just artists. Um, if you've ever gone and, and watched uh, artists work at a, at a con, it can be rather tough because you're all kind of crowding around a table. And it's, I don't know, I guess, it's, I guess it can be a little bit um, difficult to do. But in the virtual space, streaming, um, the art works really, really well because an artist can set up a webcam over top of where they're drawing and essentially everyone gets like a front row seat. Yeah. And, uh, and then I guess, you know, panels, right. Anything where you're presenting like a set of slides and talking and, and demoing and showing off all of that stuff you can do really, really well. Like you, if you think of it, almost every con, at least I've gone to, there's always been project, you know, projector issues and, uh, getting screens and rooms set up and all of that is really, really easy to do virtually. Right. Well, that's actually a lot of stuff that I never really even thought about because, um, you know, to go to a con, your biggest expense is getting there and paying for a hotel room. So, you know, we, yeah, that's that's a perfect example of, you know, in a virtual con, that's non-existent. <laughs> so, you know, that opens up the accessibility to... um you know, travel is a is a barrier that a lot of people can't, um, you know, have to overcome. But, uh, you know, room space. I mean, you look at how 
rooms sell out in physical cons. It's a it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I guess with a virtual con, that's something you don't really, really have to worry about. And the other thing I would ask is, you know, what what was your first your first con experience like? Um, my first con was Califer number ten. I don't even remember what year that was. <laughs> but like, wow. were you were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, well, it was. You know, it was funny because back then, brooms weren't. Rooms didn't sell out in, you know, 10 minutes. Um, You know, of course I was nervous. I didn't, uh, I discovered the fandom in February-ish of that year. And Califer back then was in early June. So from February to June, I went from not knowing anything about furries to going to my first convention. <laughs> talk about wow. You know, talk about jumping in with all four paws. Yep. Man, you jumped into the deep end. <laughs> well, I had also built a fursuit by then. Oh, oh my wow. Because <laughs> um, that's what like, if things... I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. <laughs> right. So, you know, of course I was nervous. I had no idea what uh you know what to expect. Um I got a room, um, just was gonna keep it to myself. You know, looking around online, discovered that, you know, everybody shares rooms and it splits the cost and, you know, all these benefits to it. And it was like, okay, well, I'll just open it up and see what happens, which is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, got a couple of roommates and they ended up being pretty cool. Um, You know, it was a, it was a different experience. And, um, of course, I was nervous, but, um, yeah, you know, trying to get the hotel room without any experience all by myself and you know the travel arrangements and figure all that stuff out was was so that's kind of the i think virtual cons are are really really nice is for newcomers to the fandom like i think back to yeah my first con and i was like terrified i was gonna spend a ton of money on this hotel room and i was gonna go see all these strangers I had been to right. Frolic a couple times, but I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. Didn't really know a ton of people. And so, you know, I, I didn't go to cons for many number of years because it was like, that's, it's a huge, you know, barrier of entry. Whereas uh, a virtual convention where the cost is minimal, there's no travel is a great way to kind of, you know, dip your toes into the water and see, see what it's like. I'm going to be devil's advocate. Here we go. <laughs> Rucifer's side. I still feel, I still feel like there is that anxiety still present in a virtual convention. There have been times that, I'll be honest, I've been trying to get into to VR chat myself, and I don't know what it is. It's like <laughs> I am a furry for the very first time, even though that I've been furry for years. But going through to this new environment, this new space, I mean, same with a, the, a virtual convention, it's a new environment, new space, and it's kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit daunting, a little bit. Yeah, that's much. fair. That's fair. And, and I think, though, as time goes on where, you know, people do dive in more into virtual conventions and, you know, kind of get used to what a virtual convention actually is um because it is still fairly new i think that more people will 
will want to want to participate in that. Right. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying that I'm not willing to participate. Well, right. It's just, no. yeah. But that's the that's the beauty of a virtual con is it's still it's still enough of a con experience that it's that you get that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? You're still going to a con. You're still meeting new people. You're still doing new things. You just don't have the huge investment of paying for, you know, a huge plane ticket and a thousand dollar hotel room. (laughs) So I guess that brings me to my the next question. Are virtual cons here to stay? Yeah, that's... um... COVID-19 is over. You know, like we all get vaccinated. You know, um, physical cons are back in full force, you know, happening every single weekend. Do you think that virtual cons are here to stay? Or do you feel... Because, I mean, like for yourself, you guys have put in a lot of time in setting up the the network space, the, you know, everything that goes into a virtual con. Yeah. Are you guys going to just push that to the side and just focus on the physical? So in the, in the case of Baby Fur Con, we want, we want to do both. We'd like to do one virtual con um, per year and one physical con per year once we get back to back to normal. And the, the kind of reason being for that is we feel that there's a lot of people that, you know, they can't always afford the travel. So we think it's a great way to, you know, get everyone excited for the physical convention and, and give everyone a bit of that experience. Uh, and it also allows us to do all the panels and a lot of the education um, stuff can, can really be done very well in a virtual world. So our, our plans to do both, I don't know about um, the other organizations and how that will, will go. Because I wonder if with all this technology set up, like what I think would be amazing to be able to see at some point in time, like with all these bigger convent, all these other conventions, your convention that you're working, working with, um, I think it would be great if, um, if there's a stream that's, that's going on at the same exact time, you know, for people to, to be able to participate, whether being physically there or virtually, but I get the limitations. Usually when it comes to hotels, their Wi-Fi is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And so to pump out some sort of a stream, you almost have to have your own your own system. Your own system yeah, it's it's doable, it it's just expensive, out. right? If you look right. at traditional mm-hmm. like tech conferences, right? Like Dreamforce, and they rent out the Moscone Center and they talk about cloud based software for business executive um, people. They they stream it and all the rest of it, but they spend like huge amounts of money on the the infrastructure from the convention center. So it's certainly doable, but it's just going to be like, you know, can you raise enough, um, you know, like online ticket sales or, or other funds to be able to pay for that? To be worth it. Well, and, you know, cons have done the streams, you know, FC streams, the the talent show they have for years. Um, BLFC and I think FC still does it. Uh, usually they stream the dances. Yeah. You know, so streaming has been a thing with cons, but this, this has forced people to go more into the virtual actual, um, con space, you know, panels and stuff like that. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I think, I think you're both right. 
I, we're going to have cons that do both because it, you know, it, it makes sense to do an actual physical con and a virtual con. But then, you know, some cons that are bigger might do a hybrid kind of thing. You know, a virtual con space, virtual panels. Um, you know, maybe have a panel with virtual participants. I'm not sure how that would work, but, you know, I I think that's my thoughts on how things are going to go. Well, I think it's a great idea that, that what you're doing is um, you're basically setting up the virtual con to kind of pregame and advertise uh, for, you know, your physical convention. That I've heard of, um, like, um, BLFC does, like, a, like a barbecue or something like that to get people geared up. But still, it's like you have to be able to be in that area yeah. in order to be able to go and participate. <laughs> right. And so, you know, people that are, you know, don't, don't live in that area, well, guess what? We're not going to be able to come and, and participate. Well, so. and, and Baby for Con's a little bit of a unique animal that it's a, it's a specific um, group within the furry fandom. So we're kind of pulling from a wider audience all over. Right. And, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's less practical to do a barbecue because you're going to have people coming from all over the country and um, international countries. So doing an online, I think, for, for us before the physical cons, um, I think will always work out pretty well. Um, and the other thing that's kind of cool is you get this very, like, so we tried really hard to get everyone on webcam. That was our, our kind of big goal was, like, we sent out a lot of onboarding kind of messages to let people know, like, to get the most out of the con, we really want the participation. We don't want this to be a webinar. So uh, that, I think that kind of made a difference. And it was it was really interesting because people made up, like, their bedrooms and set up their spaces <laughs> and they would show up. Uh, on camera with all their plushies and dressed up and outfits and and it was really really unique because you got this kind of unique view into everyone's lives um, all over the country and all over the world right um well along those lines we did get a great email um buckle up folks this is going to take a bit <laughs> you can also skim if you need to <laughs> Um, so this is from Mike Fulf and he says, hello, for what it's worth, long time listener and seldom contributor feeling guilty now. Shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> this topic has one I've been thinking about for a year now, starting off with conventions. I have a very grim point of view here and I'm convinced that while local furry meets will return once it's safe, most furry conventions will never return. This is due to venues disappearing, a lack of manpower, and higher barriers of entry in order to maintain health and safety. Many of the convention venues rely on major business conferences that will never come back due to increased cost and liability. Virtual meetings and summits are cheaper than business travel. Um, as such, a lot of these venues are rendered as overbuilt, not unlike how shopping malls are seen today, and will likely be closed off and torn down in the coming years. The limited availability of venues will decrease potential to have fan conventions at an affordable level. If, uh, if business conferences do return, 
It will likely require added precautions such as on-site testing with capped capacity, not unlike what theme parks are currently doing. Single-day convention passes bought on the spot are likely a thing of the past in order to maintain capacity via pre-registration only in order to aid in ventilation and increase space. A lot of the remaining convention halls would have to be renovated to allow for open airflow. This again rises venue prices. Combined with testing and other health precautions, the raise, the raises, this raises the barrier of entry to conventions, which will limit attendance only to those who could afford to make the precautions and confirm that they'd be able to attend. Also, with concern of airflow, fursuit lounges, with how they rely on shared ventilation tubes and fans, are problematic and would require either a significant overhaul to be el- or be eliminated entirely. For a majority of furries who wish to go to just go meet and fursuit without much fuss, this will turn off a majority of those who used to attend. A majority of con staff are volunteers. This is an unpaid and largely thankless job since the redeeming factors require one to truly be passionate behind making the con happen. Most volunteers likely won't return due to lack of personal resources due to the pandemic, job, and housing loss, and will likely be focused on bettering themselves if they haven't already moved on, moved a significant distance away from any convention. Furries will find a way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Less volunteers means more strain on manpower. I volunteer for conventions that have struggled with dedicated manpower, and it's tough. This will make it hard to enforce the new guidelines and diminish the quality, leading to even less attendance and thus less cons. Fewer cons. <laughs> uh, meets may happen, but there are too many hurdles to jump that conventions, if they return, may likely end up as a glorified meetup weekend with a hotel stay. I just don't see what used to happen ever returning. On virtual side, I've yet to actually get into VR chat, even though I'm working on a virtual furry project that I want to put into that program. Hashtag Marvel Park. <laughs> <laughs> I know I need to get into it eventually, as I feel that's the future. Thank you for taking the time to read this, and I look forward to your thoughts. Best, Mike Fulf. So, that's a lot to digest. Um, you get first response. Honestly, um, you know, it, it's, it's nice to see somebody, um, take a different stance to what, you know, the sunshine and rainbows of everything's going to come back to normal. I'm the sunshine (laughs) and rainbows. Right. (laughs) Because honestly, I feel that way. I feel like that eventually things will get back to some sort of new normal. Will everything be the exact same? No, I think there's going to definitely be precautions, uh, and it's never going to be 100% the same. But, anywho, I'll let you well, finish your thought. You, you, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for European cons or Asian, you know, any con other than a U.S. con. I've only been to a U.S. convention. But you also got to understand how this country works. Once this thing goes away, people are going to forget about it. 
it's it's terrible it's you know it's a horrible thing and we're all suffering through it right now but it's the way humanity works is once this is over everybody's gonna forget about it and you're right we're gonna go back to a new normal it's kind of like um September 11th. You remember that that right. time? Exactly. You remember how airports were during that time? <laughs> like they were frisking old grannies and and little <laughs> children. Like well, it was That's a that's a great example because now we have with flying, we have a new normal. Yep. You know, you go through security, you take your shoes off, you take your belt off, you know, you go through the scanner, you deal with it, you're, you know, you move on. That's the new normal. The old normal, you know, I remember flying back then, and most of the time you just walk through security, and if you looked okay, you're fine. You know, so that's that's a good example of, of what new normal is going to be. I, You know, specifically, I don't know, but I think convention spaces aren't necessarily going to go away. Yeah. yeah I can't um, see them going. I mean, there's millions of dollars of infrastructure. Right. And it's, and we've you know, been through a pandemic before. Like, it's not like this <laughs> is the first pandemic in the world history. Exactly. You know, business travel will continue. Um, you know, to, uh, teleconferencing and stuff, it, it, it kind of goes along the same lines of what we're talking about. It will be a thing. It's still going to be huge. It saves companies money. But company conventions uh, are still going to be a thing. You know, car shows. Um, other fandom conventions. So convention space isn't going to go away. Um, What's the thing? Human needs haven't changed. Right. It may have to be retrofitted some to accompany, um, you know, ventilation. That's a very good point. Ventilation is a huge thing in con spaces. Um, But I don't think they're going away. I think think that um, hand sanitizer, just a simple hand sanitizer, outside of stores or outside of you know like different places i think that might stay i think that might be an added expense that will be there for the rest of our life just as a just as an example um but maybe masks won't be there maybe they will maybe they'll still have them available at the door i i can't foresee the future i'm not a fortune teller (laughs) but um, probably less, <laughs> probably see less people sharing drinks on the party floor. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that people will be a little bit more, Hey, this is my drink. This is, I'm not gonna, yeah, there's going to be a lot more precautions. Um, but what, what's your response to that, that email? Um, yeah, <laughs> email's a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Mike, Mike, no. Um, I, I think things are gonna 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 work out. I think we'll find a way. I think for the first few years, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess. Um, but I, I think things eventually will go back to normal. I don't think conference centers are are being shut down. Like you know, millions and billions of dollars have been invested in these venues all over the world, and you know, fundamentally, us, you know, needs of, as humans to be touched and to feel and to get together. Uh, that's not going to change. If, if anything, I think people are going to really, once once we get vaccines out and cases go down and it's safe, I think people are going to more than ever want to want to get together in person again. We're nowhere near fa- like a fallout situation. Well, and that, you know, 
Uh, this is a perfect example. It, it pertains to what I said at the beginning. You know, if there's a if if there's a persistent group, furries are that. Yeah, we'll yep. find we'll uh, find absolutely. a way. We'll find a way. So like, I, I chair <laughs> there, a, another con called Galactic. We're the camp. cockroaches of the, the <laughs> we're the cockroaches of, of the society, fandom yeah. Of, of yeah conventions, so, of the fandoms. So so just gonna say quickly. Sorry, what is, were you gonna um, say? Yeah, so I, I chair another convention. Um, I'm probably actually more known for, which is called Galactic Camp, which is a big. Um, it's a we. It's a furry con on an aircraft carrier, like a giant, big, huge chip that used to go to war and picked up the first astronauts to walk on the moon um it's, it's docked in the san francisco bay and it's it's a really kind of interesting venue because the ship has this magical thing where they can push a button and all the walls of the the inside of the ship can get rolled up and it can become like open air on the inside um main deck or they have a giant flight deck up top so i mean um you know we're, we're chatting about you know, when furry cons return, um, we may have a bit of an advantage there for Galactic Camp that we could split people up and we could, you know, HVAC wouldn't be a giant issue. Right. All right, guys, you know what the what the sound means? It just means that Rue's being annoying and pressing the pause <laughs> button. Okay, we're going to pause this conversation. We'll be back in a few minutes. Have a great potty break and we'll see you on the flip side. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Tuesday, March 9th, here are your space headlines. First off, I need to issue a correction. In the previous episode, I called the autonomous helicopter carried by the Mars rover Perseverance by the name Integrity, and that's just plain wrong. That was my bad. It's actually being called Ingenuity, which is a much more fitting name if you ask me. Moving on, a number of launch companies are in talks discussing the current standing launch rules at Cape Canaveral specifically the rules that have to do with weather delays. Currently, there are several rules in place that, if they're violated, it is either a delay of launch or an automatic scrub, depending on the mission and the rule violation. This plays havoc with trying to get something launched on time. So they're having a look back at those rules to see if they can't loosen some of them or play around with multiple launch windows to try and reduce those delays. Advances in technology as well as updates to infrastructure, such as beefier lightning protection, might allow for a little leniency on the matter. And given that Cape Canaveral is in Florida, which sees quite a bit of rough weather, these changes could save a lot of time and money. The US Space Force has said they're interested in possibly revising the rules, saying they want to be able to approve all launches on the Eastern Range so that the process becomes more akin to an airport rather than the novel nature of flying rockets. We'll have to wait and see how things change, and if that change is good or bad. SpaceX performed another Starship test flight, this time with SN10, this was the third attempt at this particular flight profile, and holy hecking shoot, they did it! They actually landed the sucker! The vehicle lifted off, reached its peak altitude, then belly flopped just like the previous two tests. This time, they fired up all three Raptor engines to make the kickover maneuver, then shut down two in sequence, leaving the whole vehicle to gently drift down on a single engine. It bounced a little on contact with the ground and leaned a bit, suggesting that the landing damaged the, admittedly, cheap landing legs. They're not the final design, they're just what they slapped on to give it something to land on in case it succeeded. And it did. And then, about five minutes after main engine cutoff, SN10 lifted off again. Apparently, the landing caused a bit of damage, allowed a fire to continue to burn, and boom. The whole stack took off again. It was a heck of a thing to watch. 
It doesn't really matter that this one didn't survive. They weren't sure it would work anyway. It was all about the data, and they got a lot of it. They're already rolling out SN11 for its test flight soon. And before you know it, they'll have landing legs that will more accurately reflect what will be on the final iteration. This is just how rapid prototyping works. If you're not blowing up, you're not learning anything. Finally, some of you might recall a small sat launcher company called Rocket Lab and their Electron Rocket, the first ever fully carbon fiber fuselage, the first ever fully 3D printed engine, nine Rutherford engines on the first stage, the first ever rocket to use electrically driven turbo pumps. It's an amazing rocket that has some incredible capabilities one wouldn't expect from a vehicle of its size. Well, Rocket Lab has gone and surprised everyone with another, we said we would never do this, but we're doing it, announcement. They said they would never seek to reuse an Electron rocket. Then they started reusing them. They said they would never build a bigger rocket. Well, now they've announced Neutron, which is an eight-ton class vehicle similar to the Antares rocket that flies the Cygnus cargo freighter. Rocket Lab says it's being purpose-built for building satellite mega constellations, and it's reusable. Oh, and something else they said they would never do? It's going to be human-rated. That doesn't necessarily mean that it will fly humans, but that it can fly humans. We'll have to see how that shakes out. Still, it's an exciting announcement, and it sounds like Rocket Lab really wants to hit SpaceX right where it hurts. More competition in spaceflight? Yes, please. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans. Why doesn't my keycard work? You are listening to For What It's Worth. Welcome back. I had a nice potty break. How about you? I enjoyed making the fluids flow from my body. <laughs> it was great. Whose voice was that? That was like some weird robot. Did you hear that voice? It was very robotic. Uh, man, I sure wish that we had eye dents. Click. What is an eye dent? Well... It's when you slam your head into something really, really hard and your eye makes a hole. Oh, wait, no, that's totally Let different. me tell you really what an eye dent <laughs> is. That, that's, that's not an eye dent. So, so we have this lovely thing that we have to say during the middle of our show because who is it? The FCC or something? I don't know. Some feds will come take Rue away. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So you have during the middle of a podcast, you have to say something like, and you're listening to for what it's worth or something like that. So an ident, um, what we're looking for is for people to email in a sound clip of them saying, hi, my name is Nacho Husky. 
And no, I'm kidding. My name is not Nacho Husky. <laughs> <laughs> My name is so and so. And I do this in the fandom. And you're listening to for what it's worth. Or or something else. Or you could say, I just got engaged, or um, I don't know, something. Maybe, you know, share your credit score or social security <laughs> number. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. But anyways, that's how an ident goes. So please send those to castafforwhatitsworth.com so that we don't have to listen to the fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, idents. Not idents, sorry, click. Let me read the show notes here. What is the next thing on the show notes, click? Wow, you screwed that one up. Yeah. Patron worship. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for the stupid song to come on. So, you guys, we love our patrons. Click, please do our lovely, lovely worship for the day. <laughs> worship. We're not worthy. Um, okay, so Patreons, thank you so much. You guys make this happen, really. <clears throat> um, it pays so, my light bill. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does pay for show stuff, though, <laughs> definitely. So, with that being said, thank you very much, GW, Nuka, Koru, Bubble Whip, Adelor Solitaire, Moss, James Anderson, Jake Fox, Chapagriff, Ozzy K, Black Baldrick, Katsi, Ligris, Kit, Tear, Ichigo Ukami, Simone Parker, Guardian Lion, and Andrew Rabbit. You guys are great. Thank you so, so much. And if there's anybody that has donated that I didn't get on this list, you're very much appreciated also. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes our recordings go a little bit, little bit all over the place, and sometimes we we don't get to um, somebody's name once in a while. So if that ends up occurring and we've forgotten about you, please send an email to click at forwhatitsworth.com and let and send hate mail there. Send hate mail there. I will get it handled. <laughs> So our patron is patron.com slash for what it's worth. So, or F-W-I-W, I should actually say that. So shall we get back into the topic? We should. Um, we actually got a speak pipe this time. <gasps> we do? And it's... I love speak pipe. <laughs> speak pipe Very is handy. amazing. Hey, this is Breeze, and as far as virtual cons go, I'm certainly hoping that it's just a temporary thing that we can go to back to some sort of normalcy here soon. I haven't been to any virtual cons yet, or in-person cons for that matter. However, I'd like to attend the first one that I can. And I was just wondering if you guys think if AC 2021 is going to end up happening, and if so, how different do you guys think the con is going to be? That is a Interesting question, because AC falls in a in a weird time of year for this year, right? You know, AC is typically in in June ish, that part of you know summer, early summer. 
Um, you know, with the with the vaccine rollout that's going on, that one's iffy. You know, it may or may not. If it does, it it'll definitely fall in line with uh, Mike Fulf's email. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe if any cons happen this year, it'll be limited capacity. Um, you know, social distancing will still have to be a thing. Um, his point on, um, headless lounges will, you know, that's going to be rough. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really don't know. I honestly, my opinion I don't know if any convention wants to be that first convention to host a super spreader event. Like that would, <laughs> that would, that could potentially be a huge risk. Right. But at the same exact time, I'm sure that the conventions want to do something, you know, to get back to, um, get back to what, how things were right. going. Um, I, I mean, that brings up another concern that I have. Uh, I, I, I know that, there's going to be definitely some conventions that won't be making a return. There might be some big conventions that never make a return because it's kind of like a boulder that's rolling down a hill. Once it stops, it's kind of hard to get it rolling again. (laughs) And, um, you know, AC is one of those great big huge boulders that had to to take a, a pit stop for a second. Right. So it might be difficult to get it up and running. I, I honestly think that they'll be fine. And I'm sure that there's gonna that they they are gonna return, but I don't know if it's gonna return this year. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I you know the big ones. I'm sure they'll come back this year. That's a tough one. You know, I'm sure uh, vaccination records probably gonna have to be part of registration. Um. Yeah, you know, but you might I, have to show your vaccine right, record in order for you to, to get to be able to register. And and I wonder if there's going to be some furries that are going to be like super super like butthurt about not being able to go to a convention because <laughs> they don't want to go and get a vaccination. Well, that's you know that's part of the new normal thing. That's <laughs> you know that's just going to be a way of life. But uh, so what do you think, Nacho, about AC? <laughs> No more. Well, so I didn't actually hear the the question just based on how the audio is set up on the podcast. Oh no, you oh. didn't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't hear it at all. Oh, that sucks. So basically, it was. Um, well, you, know, you were so good at just like pretending. Just pretending, right? <laughs> um, he, My comment was going to be no more free hugs. No more, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, he, he basically asked if we thought AC was coming back this year, and if it does, how is it going to be different? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That it's Yeah, again, it's timing, right? It depends on so many factors with vaccinations. It depends on hotel contracts and, like, force majeure, how, how that gets defined. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. I mean, AC is almost part of the city. Like it is an yeah. actual yeah, it's a huge city thing. thing that they all get together to do. And like, I think that they've even made it like almost like a national holiday type thing over there. <laughs> well, yeah, not necessarily yeah. that, but, but you also have big hotels that are chain hotels. And so the policies typically get set across the country. Right. And that's going to be a big thing is, is can they get like liability insurance to cover 
you know, like, is the Hyatt going to want a convention in their space at that time? So there's like that factoring in there's, there's local city and state. Um, yeah, it, it, I'll have to, I'll have to kind of wait and see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. That one's hard to, it, that's hard to predict, you know, even I'm, it it kind of sounds bad to say, but I'm glad I'm not a con chair right now because trying to, those decisions are hard, you know? Yeah. It's really tough. I would never, ever want to have to make that decision where it's like, Hey, do we potentially put furry lives at risk in order to be able to have this event happen? Right. Well, and you know, they, they do their best to mitigate having to make that kind of decision. But that's part of the decision-making process is, you know, can we do this safely? Which is kind of where virtual cons came out of in the first place. Well, and and maybe there's some kind of new hybrid solution where they do like the outdoor parade and they do some of the programming um, online and, you know, like furries are creative. (laughs) Um, Right. We have a really talented fandom. So maybe there's a way that they can. What's um yeah, come come up with an event that'll that'll work. What's that camping convention? I, I can't remember. Hightail. Which one? There's a few. Uh, campfire campfire tales? tales. Yeah, campfire tales. Um I think that we may see some more pop ups of those outdoor conventions. Yeah. I could see that becoming a super popular thing, potentially. Yeah, oh totally. Yeah, more outdoor stuff. Um yeah, that's actually a good point. It definitely makes that more feasible. I mean, you know, logistically camping cons are kind of a pain, but if if that's what you got to do to do something to, you know, to get together safely, then that's definitely an uh, an option. So, we kind of already answered this question, but what what went through your mind to start up this convention? Like, what went through your mind to get involved with running a virtual convention? Uh, I mean, yeah, for, for me, it was April, March. It was, so those were like the early days of the pandemic. Um, before, like now we're kind of used to we're used to life at home. But back <laughs> then, like, oh, my gosh, everyone was going crazy. And I was used to being a person who went out every single weekend and saw a million different people and went on all these adventures to suddenly being stuck at home, I was just going nuts. And it was really just a need of like, okay, I need some kind of distraction. Uh, you know, let's, let, let's try doing it online. Why not? Let's, you know, right. Well, you know, this will give us something to do. You say, I mean, even in December, it was probably the highlight of my year. Just like personally putting that together was a really, really nice distraction from having to like, you know, do Christmas in a new way. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Well, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. That you know, and that's that's really how it works. Um. So, and we've touched on VR chat, uh, virtual reality get-togethers. Um. Obviously, uh, VR isn't required for a virtual con, but is there a space for it? Um, do you see it being a thing in the future for virtual cons? Yeah, yeah vir- virtual reality is really, is really neat. Um, it's really cool technology. So uh, I, I kind of got 
connected to it at, just at this last virtual FC. Someone had recreated the physical convention center in VR, and it was really, really neat to see. And I ended up ordering um, uh, an Oculus headset like shortly after seeing that <laughs> and kind of trying it out. Um, the VR is really interesting. The only problem with it is the barrier to entry. I think the the Oculus is pretty low end from what I what I gather, and it was still like three four hundred bucks to to buy. Right. And it doesn't seem to do all the virtual worlds. Like you have to have a compatible PC, and so it's. I think there's definitely a place for it, but it's. Um, I know, like in regards to what we've done with Baby Fur Con, um, we've kind of shied away from it just because of that cost of entry. Whereas the the technology platform we built that runs on top of Zoom, twenty five percent of our participants, for example, just connected on mobile devices like phones and tablets. Um, not even computers. It was it was pretty much um, you know any phone or or computer built in the last six years you could you could connect to it. Right. So pretty much anyone can join. That was a really big priority for us. But I think we're going to try to link and try to do something with VR. We just have to figure out um, that balance. Yeah. Well, that's you know that makes sense. Be it's you know it's tough finding. Um, a balance because you're right. It VR it it's extremely popular, but it is prohibitively expensive. Although it, I don't so, know, it kind of because you got the offset of okay, well, I don't have to pay for a plane ticket or a hotel room now. You know. Oh yeah, no, it's so. true, and, and I'm, I think <laughs> there are virtual like conventions that are done all on VR. Right. So. What do you own as far as your virtual setup? Click. I have. I actually need to update it. Well, not really. I mean, it works great. I have a. I think it's like a second generation Vive. Um, I didn't get the Vive when it first came out. I got it shortly after. Um, you know, and it works fine. I love it. It's great. I, you know, I've same as you. I've been on VR Chat a few times. Um, I don't have, you know, the custom avatar and stuff like that. And that, that's kind of a whole different subject, mm -hmm. of, you know, with VR blowing up the way it did and being a necessity that it is now. Um, I've seen avatars, you know, like vir virtual avatars that go for the same price as an actual fursuit. Right. That's what I was going to say is virtual avatars are, it's, it's kind of the same as fursuiting at this point of you know how custom it is or or how close to your character it is or you're right you know getting a getting a fully built custom avatar is almost as much as buying a cheap fursuit but there is also cheap ways you can get reskins and right and i i've seen some people like reskin uh, an avatar for like like $15 yeah so it's you know it's it's Again, it's you know this fandom. It's it, it's reinventing itself around circumstances. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been to um, there's this there's this place in VR chat called Fur Hub, and <laughs> they actually have yes, they they go off of they use the same logo as Pornhub. Really? <laughs> yes. So it That's looks awesome. exactly like that. But anyways, that that particular world, they actually have like an an art studio 
And so it's it's really cool to be able to go in there and they change out the they change out all the art that's there once in a while. Now, of course, the art is not any mature art. Like you're not gonna find right. yiffy stuff in there, unfortunately. If you want that, you're gonna have to go to Second Life. But um, uh, as far as I understand, VR chat is like there isn't really a space for um, adult content um, in that particular in VR chat because I believe that you'll get get banned unless there's like private servers or something. But right. I don't think that that. Well, like I mean, you summed it up perfectly. It's got to catch up. You know, Second Life been around for how long, and for how many years Second Life was the online furry place to go yeah i mean that's how i um really dived into the fandom when i was a greeny virgin (laughs) in the furry community but um how about yourself um what do you think about vr chat have you have you utilized it a lot what's what's your feelings on it so i've only tried it a couple times and i'm still very new to it but um i'm a little unusual like i'm not really a gamer so I haven't, the VR thing is like a whole new world. I <laughs> last gaming thing I had was the N64. <laughs> <laughs> Still have it. That's awesome. Wow. So, well, that, that actually, um, that actually provides a, a good contrast to, to a lot of people because then like somebody like you, VR would be more of a tool than a toy. You know what I mean? You wouldn't you wouldn't actually yeah. get in there and start waving your hands around and playing Beat Saber. Right. <laughs> well, and you know, he might. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um Yeah, I've, d- I've downloaded a couple games on it and it, it's it's really it's neat. It, it is. It's a whole I just I just haven't um spent the time and I'm trying to figure out how do you get like the Oculus I think I have to use my boyfriend's PC and I gotta bug him and connect to what it. What do and, you own? Do you own an Oculus or an Oculus two? Uh, whatever the new one is. Is it a white one or is it? It's white. Okay, yes. then you have an Ocula- it's Oculus too. Okay, yeah. I just asked my friends who are into all the VR stuff of like, what could I buy? And then they came back and they're like, all right, so buy a gaming PC for two grand and then buy this <laughs> crazy headset thing. And I was like, uh, uh, that's a little much. And then they said, oh, buy the Oculus. So, they, so I bought that. But it seems like some of the VR chat stuff is on it, but not everything. And I can't seem to find, yeah, I haven't figured it so out. So how do you feel about but... selling your soul to Facebook? <laughs> I hate it. That's the thing that I hate. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I hate too. I have an Oculus too as well. On. Like the battery always dies because it's like always on and like connected. I'm like thinking I should store it in the fridge or something. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you don't keep it plugged in, then good luck. You, you're gonna your whole setup dies i i swear that that even even for myself i turn it off and i actually press the power button to turn it off and it just it just yeah it just like dies for no reason you're like huh exactly that's one feature that i wish that they would they would fix but they're they're doing lots of different updates to it and um honestly i think that that's the best way but if you're thinking that you're going to be able to buy a standalone headset and be able to go into VR chat and be able to go and communicate and talk with anybody or go to any any sort of world. It's like what you said earlier. There's only specific worlds that you can go to 
being an Oculus user unless that you've used the Oculus link to link it specifically to your PC computer. Yeah, see, and I work off, I used to have a PC, but I switched to a Mac a few and, years ago. And same with me. I mean, the show was ran on a Mac. I know, I, I just heard a whole bunch of furries cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our audio... I used to have a PC for years. I used to love it. And then, like, work stuff made me switch to Mac. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing, one decision that I made for the show that Voss has, since this day... Till this day. Still hates me for <laughs> is because I'm forcing him to use a Mac for the show and he's nodding his head yes so um but the stickers look so much better on the back of the MacBook <laughs> I can definitely confirm Do it for your persona that after um after this um this laptop has ran its life cycle I will be switching back to a PC just because I am a gamer and I want to be able to have access to these VR worlds and, and also the, the other VR games that, that are out there. And so I want to be able to have access to that. And Mac is just getting to the point where they're limiting things even, even further. So anyways, right. getting yeah. back onto our topic with the Oculus, it's great and it's a cheap way to get in there, but you have, there's a little bit of extra learning. Um, like for instance, there's this world that I went to that is a, a really, really interesting on PC. I've seen YouTube videos of it, but there are cherry blossoms that are falling from the sky and it's just super, super beautiful area. But you go in there in the Oculus and basically you just see blocks of where <laughs> things are. You you basically see the boundaries and you don't get to see yeah. all the fun little textures. And then you're walking around and majority of the people that you're talking to are these robot people. You don't actually get to see their full avatar because they might be. Yeah, it's it feels really clunky. Yeah. It's a good like taste into the VR world, but it definitely leaves you <laughs> wanting more. Right. Well, and that that kind of applies to um, trying to run stuff like a virtual con because you have to account for this huge technology gap, you know, and, and you, you know, you try and include Oculus users because not everybody can afford a $2,000 PC and then a $1,000 VR setup, you know, but then you've got the guys who can. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, Exactly like you said, it's a weird, it's a very hard balancing act. So basically when you're creating a world, you have to almost create two worlds. Right. One at, right. One at a higher resolution to be able to keep those people involved, and then one at a low-res resolution so that the Oculus people can yeah. come and participate in it. Same with the avatars. It's the same exact thing when you're an avatar designer. You have to you have to balance that. Right. Um. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and, you know, everybody went through that with Second Life, too. You know, not so much. I mean, kind of. What I'm trying to say is, you know, because you, you could go into Second Life and you could get a, uh, you know, a super low-poly avatar and run it on a potato, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but if you get the, you know, if you, if you go into somewhere and get the wrong avatar it's going to destroy your computer 
you know, you know, your frame rate because it can't run all the polys in this model. And and VR's kind of having the same the same growing pains. Yeah. So going back to virtual cons itself. Um so like you were saying earlier, all you really need is you basically just need a cell phone. Right? Yes. A cell phone within the last 7 years and I think the majority <laughs> of us have a cell phone i'm sorry for the people that are on a nokia flip phone um that probably won't run it but so it was, it was funny because at, at so baby for cod the we had one participant who was um on a fire truck we had someone who was in fursuit in like i think either a walmart or a dollar tree and they were like doing what? product reviews in fursuit like really? at the con it was the weirdest thing um we had a door dasher who was just like straight up doing deliveries and like driving <laughs> around i hope that they and weren't was... doing that in fursuit that would be funny though fursuit <laughs> <laughs> just shows up at your door yeah, with your food. i oh. got your bad tie i'm a panda an uber driver fursuiter <laughs> picking up people but yeah, that's actually, you know, that's another interesting view of, you know, at, at a virtual con, you kind of get a window of how of people live real life, you know, at a, at a, an actual con, you know, everybody travels to the same space and they're in the con space and that's the world for the weekend. But in a virtual con, you're seeing people's real life go on at the same time. So I, what about not safe for work spaces? Like, they, <laughs> like uh, for for example, like is the VR chat like Omegle, where all of a sudden you're gonna go in and see a guy fapping? Like, yeah, I mean, I, so I don't know about the virtual because I haven't done that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not that I well, want want that I, to happen. I, like, I, if you just go into a regular chat room and somebody's. I kind of so like that yeah. will probably get somebody banned, right? Right. In, I, yeah. In so. our case of the of, of Baby Fair Con and like how FC did it, they had a you know code of conduct and they were pretty strict, and they would have moderators that yeah if they saw something they would turn off your video. Uh, I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised. We really had no issues. Um, now, now we did vet people, so that was a pain in the butt. We had to we got people to send in. Um, like a, like their driver's license information, but they would block off the the sensitive info, the sensitive info, or or they would have to send us a con badge. Like we had a a process in place because we just didn't want it to be just anyone. But um, in doing that, uh, when the actual convention came, we really didn't have any problems of people misbehaving. I was kind of shocked. Well, I know the FC has like a like FC has a. Uh, last year they did like a, a what was it it was it was a, an it was an adult furry space like oh yeah well I, yeah. I can't remember what they called it yeah it was like furry after dark the like the market or something exactly that was cool i really actually liked that it was like a they, they did a good job on that so i guess asking you do you feel like that they're could be some sort of space but yet to keep everybody still like 
So the Safe? problem is, is if you read the license agreement for Zoom, uh, and w- which is what our technology ran on, you can't do it on Zoom gotcha. specifically. So to do that, you would you have to find a software provider that can do the video call stuff. You could host your own servers and do it, um, but yeah, you'd have to you'd have to there'd be some logistics in setting that up. Well, I don't know. You could almost like you could do like after dark panels, but it would have to be like conventions do um physical conventions do. Yeah. Technically it's an after dark panel. It can't be they like they don't show anything. Hub. There's no <laughs> right. The, you know, there's nothing there's nothing on screen. live on Pornhub. <laughs> but you know, the subject Very matter fun. the subject matter of the of the panel is adult. But it's just like any con space. You can't go into a con a panel room and, you know, other than the you know, the the gallery, but an actual panel, even though it's after dark, it's just the subject material is after dark. There's not really anything going on. Yeah. Hey, Voss. What? Hey, <laughs> um, do you have anything in particular that you want to add about the subject? Nothing in particular. I think you guys have really covered most of it. Um, I going through everything. Uh, I yeah, cons will come back. I don't think anything's going to change about that, and I'm very confident. After everyone has their vaccinations and a month goes by everyone's going to for completely forget that Corona even ever happened in the first place. And it's just going to go back to what it is. <laughs> great, much. great comments. Great comments. Now get back into the sound booth. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I think that we're, are we at final thoughts? Like, do we have anything else to, that, I, think I think we, we have pretty, pretty much well covered, have covered a lot of it. <laughs> Pretty much everything, um, except I, I did want to touch just real quick. Um, I wanted to revisit the the technology aspect of uh, of the virtual convention and um, kind of what what went in involved in it, and and if there's a convention out there that is looking at doing a virtual convention, um, what what they would need to look at um, as far as getting that set up. Yeah, so uh, the the software we wrote, uh, we actually we named it Recess. Um, Keiko's the lead developer, and we're actually giving away the technology stack to anyone who wants to use it. And we're just asking, basically, in return for for using it, that um, you consider making a donation to our five hundred one c three, which is going to help um, help us fund Baby for Con when we do it in person because we have to put together a ton of money for hotels and all of that fun stuff and, and all of the logistics of, you know, booking things and maybe canceling things. And I don't know how that'll all, uh, all play out, but it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge to put together the event. So we, we could use every dollar we could get. And so, yeah, if we can, uh, if we can help others, we, we actually did for um, further confusion they used our technology to run that con and they made a donation to, to our convention, which was awesome. So who would they need to, to contact? Yeah. If you go, um, so our, our parent, uh, our parent organization is called partnership for artists and creative individuals. 
The website is thinkpassy.org, P-A-C-I, um, thinkpassy.org, and I'm sure we can put a link in the show notes. That would be awesome. Yeah. So we are now at final thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> have Click start with final thoughts. Oh, gee, thanks, host. You're welcome. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'll go first anyway. You're the main host. <laughs> go ahead. You tell 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 me. Be like, hey Rue, final thoughts. Yeah. Do I'll it. Just, I'll just do it. Uh, fine. <laughs> so fine. um yeah, I think um I think we pretty much touched on most of it. I don't think we really left anything out. Um I think virtual cons are um, you know, they're, they're great. They're a great step forward. They're introducing technology that we didn't have. They're introducing techniques and ways to have gatherings that we didn't have. Um, I don't think virtual cons are going to go away completely, but I don't think they're going to completely replace physical cons either at this point. I think I think we've actually we're gonna move into a happy medium place where both exist and and you know like like we discussed, there's definitely benefits to both. All right, and I guess I'm coming out of my sound booth. Well, for my final thoughts, I think that uh, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour isn't going to last forever. <laughs> It it will go away. They'll finally stop touring and go away, just like they did before. And you'll all get to hug your fursuiters soon enough. And more cons will come back. Uh, e-cons will stick around for a while, but honestly, to me, I believe that there's going to be mostly e-cons, then the middle ground, and then eventually they're going to fade away and it's just going to become the next VR chat kind of style thing. That makes sense. So my final thought is I honestly believe that virtual cons are here to stay. I think that what will end up happening is that there'll be some sort of hybrid that will end up occurring um, and that we'll see more virtual events that will pop up, which I think will be, will just add an additional element to um, to our physical conventions, but I don't think that physical conventions are going to be going away anytime soon. And I think that there is an actual space for virtual conventions to continue even after the pandemic. Right. So Nacho, you get the final thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically same, same thing. I, I think virtual events will be here for a while and, uh, I'm looking forward to when physical events come back. Can't wait for that to hug and see all you fuzzy creatures in real life. But um, in the meantime, at least it's pretty awesome that we have this technology available. You, you got to think we couldn't do this like 15, 20 years ago. It would have been would have been a whole heck of a lot harder. Right. Even five years ago. Like, you yeah. know, like I said, this this whole pandemic thing has forced us to come up with technologies that that we didn't even think were were needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be really neat to see how VR, like what that looks like in five years from now. <laughs> All right. So 
The mailbag. The mailbag. We can't oh, pull. No. We can't pull the zipper down. Tug. I mean, sorry. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, <laughs> we can't pull the zipper down. Click. <laughs> we can't. Oh no. I know. I just called you tugs. You I'm did. sorry. It's just I've done it with tugs for so long. <laughs> it, it's understandable. <laughs> pat pat. Um. Yeah, we we got nothing in the mailbag. It's you know, um sorry guys. <laughs> okay. So, with that, awkward silence. So, yeah. just make sure that if you want something to be in the mailbag segment, you need to send something over you know, to us. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be topic specific. The mailbag is just just whatever you guys want to send us. So, um. Yeah. You got the PO box address you want to list. <laughs> you know what? I have a correction that needs to be made to the patron. Okay. Rifka. Rifka. Needs to a be new addition. Like Great. Well, like I said, if I missed anybody, you're appreciated. Thank you, Rifka. You're, you know, everything you guys give for Patreon goes directly to the show. All it does is buys equipment. And and helps us keep doing this. You know what, guys? Thank you once again for coming out. Voss, thank you for 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 coming out of the studio, you know, uh, studio booth <laughs> once in a blue moon. I know that I put you on the spot quite often, but I know that you put in so many hours of editing. There's a lot of things that um, that I don't feel like that you get enough thanks on the show. So for that... You get a single clap. <laughs> uh, click, thanks for um, leading the show again. Yay. I think you did a great job. And thank you, guests, for coming out. I appreciate your Nacho time. Nacho Husky. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you for having me. Um, do you want, if you want to, um, you can promote social media. How do we get a hold of you? Um if- uh, yeah, so I'm at Nacho Husky on, on Twitter and uh, uh, just Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just Twitter, no Facebook. Yes. <laughs> you mean you don't want people um, coming to your Facebook account and following you there and <laughs> sending you I likes? Know, I mean, you could. I mean, I log in like <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> I put the Oculus on. I'm sure it's going to come up and remind me. Right. <laughs> Great. Well, with that, we have uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. Awesome. Well, hey, comment on the show site once we get it up and running again. It's kind of broken a little bit, so <laughs> we're still working on that. If you are interested in web development or you're a good web developer and you want to help us out with that, that'd be great. Right now, it's kind of a little bit on on hold. Uh, we're working with Tugs a little bit to, to get that um, up and running to where it needs to be. So look forward to a new revamped site so that we can get it fixed. Um, 
Telegram. We have a Telegram channel. So if you want to join our Telegram channel, um, message me at WineRedFox and I will add you to the Telegram channel. I will ask you whether or not that you are over the age of 18. So, <laughs> um, Tell a friend. Word of mouth. Um, you know, word of mouth spreads. If you like the show, and also or, spreads that viruses was, that too. Was, yeah, that was going in a bad direction. <laughs> um, Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> Wear a mask. Wash your hands. <laughs> you know, if you like the show, word of mouth is the is one of the best ways to get the word out. You know, tell a friend, have them listen to an episode or two if there's if there's a subject matter that they're interested in. So, next episode. I am excited about this episode, and I really hope that we get some pretty amazing emails about this one. We are going to be talking about professional development. So, we are going to specifically be talking about uh, a resume, um, interview skills, um, you know, how certain things should, should look, and maybe how some things shouldn't look. Um, you know, how do you get that promotion? How do you ask for a raise? You know, different things like that. Um, how do you put on the convention? I mean, how do you put on your resume that you've been a volunteer for a furry convention? Like, how do, how can we put the skills that we have as furries and be able to find employment with that? So it'll be a really interesting um I'm going to, uh, interesting episode. I'm going to uh, possibly have somebody that, um, that's an expert on that, that will be coming in and, um, yeah. So it'll be a great episode. Great. Well, thanks to our great guest, Nacho Husky. You've been wonderful. Um, oh, thanks, we guys. really appreciate it. And, uh, so this has been Click. This has been Rue. But wait. You've you forgotten again. If you want to hear your vultury voice on the oh, airwaves, we, we got a speak to, pipe. We forgot to plug the damn speak pipe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For the third time in a row, and your editor here is here to yell at you. Oh, fine. Fine. Here you go, editor. Thank you. Do it. Hey, guys, guess what? We have something called SpeakPipe. What is SpeakPipe? Oh my goodness, t Click. Let me tell you about SpeakPipe. Pipe. Wow. <laughs> SpeakPipe allows you to be able to send a quick little message over to for what it's worth. You can leave one minute and 30 seconds. We're looking into increasing that particular bandwidth. But one minute and 30 seconds where you can actually jump in and share specifically about the topic itself. Um, of course, we still have cast at forwhatitsworth.com. So if you want to send emails um, about um, professional development, you can send it to cast at forwhatitsworth.com or you can just go to our speak pipe. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, with that being said, this has been Click. This has been Rue. This has been Boss. And this has been. Nacho. Oh, and Nacho. And Nacho. Thank you. Thank you, Nacho. <laughs> and, this and this has, has been, been For What, what It's Worth. worth. Uh, Yay. Wow. What, Yay. A, what a disaster ending. I, I don't know what happened there. 